Hello, this is Lisa LaRose. Welcome to Connect to Love on the Vibrant Living Network here on PRNFM. And today um, I am so excited because you are in for an extra special treat. Uh, Not only do we have the wonderful Michael J. Russ, but we also have a very special guest. So if you've ever had... um, that kind of connection with someone where you can feel them wherever they are in the world, you know what that feels like. And when they cross over, it's not the end. It uh, continues. We still hold that love. It connects us to them well beyond this world. And our guest today has that very special connection. And it's amazing um, you know, it, because he's connected to Michael. Um, last week we did our show on nourishing uh, generosity with love and how important it was to give and receive. And it was through that connection, that topic of conversation and how we transcend and find our purpose and really find fulfillment that Michael brought up a very dear friend of his joseph higgins joe um so welcome joe and welcome michael and i'm going to let michael kind of just uh share a little bit before i go into to joe's bio and uh let our audience know a little bit about him so michael thank you so much it's wonderful to be here and joe thank you so much for being on uh today's show i'm really looking forward to to our conversation i i had uh, a number of years ago i think it was probably eight if not ten years ago I went to uh, Pittsburgh with a group of people, a large group of people, a couple of hundred, doing a, uh, a, a, a program called Quantum Leap and ran into Joe and cooked it off kind of immediately. I don't know exactly what, we're, what the nature of what our conversation was at the time. It kind of went around. But I found out that he – I discovered that uh, he was uh, operating at the time uh, as uh, – in, 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 he was in the insurance business – uh, yet also an author uh, writing some amazing books uh, as a medium from his, his side gig at the time as a medium, which uh, we'll learn here about how, it's, how he's blossomed and, and matured into uh, his, uh, his role as a, as a medium uh, in his life. And I, I, I thought it was so amazing. We reconnected last week in a, in a, in a conversation, a phone call about arranging uh, to be on this show, and I can't tell you. I cannot tell you. It was like old home week for me, Joe, uh, because it just brought back uh, the, the, the feelings and you know everything that, that we shared, the uh, camaraderie, like, you know, like a little brotherhood thing going on. So thank you, and, and welcome uh, to the show. It's great to, to acquaint myself with you again after so many years. Yeah, so just for our audience, uh, Joe Higgins is a medium, an author, a channeler, and an intuitive counselor. He is a best-selling author on Amazon, and I ordered his book. I would encourage everybody to get his very – I ordered the first one, which is Hello, Anyone Home. It's a guide on how our deceased loved ones try to contact us. And his latest book, um, there's five total, is always connected to those uh, lost children 
giving signs and insights from heaven, which I think is such a beautiful topic. But through his channeling, he has reached out and helped people here on the at Earth plane to stay connected. And uh, welcome, Joe. If you wouldn't mind uh, just sharing a little bit about your journey and uh, what brought you from uh, where you were to, to this wonderful gift that you share with so many people. Well, first of all, thanks for having me on, guys. And um, it's it's a wonderful opportunity to share a lot of the things I've learned over the years. And Michael, when you said like, you know, we had met like 10 years ago or 11 or nine or something, it seemed like, like two years ago, you know, it's just, you know, how time flies. But it, the whole thing is about how we, um, we live our lives and, and, and the experiences we have. And then, you know, you, you accumulate all this um, experiences and then it's, I think it's our responsibility to share it with other people because they might be going through different times or different periods of their life where we might be able to help them out. So what you guys do is fantastic, and I'm glad that, um, you know, you do what you do, and you kind of you can help people on many different levels. So I think it's um, – I'm just really happy to be here. Yeah, thank oh, you. That's wonderful. Wonderful. So we talk a lot on this show about – Faith. And I think that the, the premise of your, your first book and, and what Michael shared with me, that you have really trusted and stepped into faith, that when you were called and you started getting these messages, it was uh, a big trust and uh, a big step uh, into sure. into something that was very unknown and uh, you know and and for each one of our audience members who may not be familiar would you share a little bit about that journey sure I mean I, I was one of these people that had experiences when I was very young so probably started when I was like eight years old and um, I became aware of things that were around me but you know, the, the the regular senses couldn't pick it up. You couldn't see it, you know, or you couldn't touch it or something. But I had a sense that there was others around me, and that's, you know, called clairsentient. And, and we all have that to a certain extent. You know, if someone comes up behind you and they're kind of looking over your shoulder and you don't see them, but you get a sense that someone's there, you turn around and you're like, hey, you know, that's, that's being clairsentient. I just had it um, like on steroids you know, that type of thing, but when I was like eight or nine years old, and um, and as I get older, I kind of push some of it away, but also, you know, as you as you get older, you, you know, you start, you know, changes in your life, you know, you start high school, you have relationships, you know, you start your career, work, if you're not, you know, and stuff like that, And but it was always there, it was always, you know, on my mind, and I was always very curious about things, on how things worked, and getting some answers, so, uh, um, you know, eventually I did make the leap, like Michael had said, I had started my own business, my own insurance business, so that I could actually um, do more research on this whole subject and some of the abilities I had. So one was like my day job, one was my night job, and one was supporting the other. Um, but I had to do it. So I just mm -hmm. had, you know, I had to, you got to make some sacrifices and you have to have a lot of trust. But it's, um, you know, as they say, it's the only way to fly because you have to go for it in your life. You have to take chances, and you have to um, – because the last thing you do is you want regrets and stuff. So that's what I did. So I started really getting into it probably about 20, 25 years ago, um, a lot more. And then, you know, all of a sudden out of that, I made a lot of 
connections, a lot of people. I started writing the books, and I developed my channeling. And I learned as I was going along. And then I decided, just before I started the books, I said, you know, I need to share this information with people because a lot of us that have these experiences are kind of isolated. And, and people, you know, especially like 20 or 30 or 40 years ago, a lot of these people never talked about stuff like this, unless it was late at night or maybe it was like, you know, if you're having a cookout or something, you know, at night and people sitting around a fire or something like that, they might mention it. But usually no one talked about it. Now, in the last 20 years, we've had TV shows, we've had, you know, these books and a lot of these uh, celebrities and stuff have talked about it. So people are more open about it. But there's still a lot of people that won't talk to people about it because they think they're going crazy when they feel like they've gotten a sign from a loved one that's passed over. And that's the reason I wrote the first book, Hello, Anyone Home, is because um, the woman I was seeing at that time, she was a, a, a widow, and she got all these signs, and she thought she was going crazy, you know, until she started talking to some other uh, uh groups of widows and realized they were having the signs too. So I think the second chapter in that book is actually named after, you know, knowing you're not going crazy. I think it was uh, Nina uh, influenced that one. But I, I, so I wanted to get it out to something that was an easy read and people could um, relate to uh, because, mm -hmm. you know, they've done studies, you know, a few studies and stuff like that, anywhere between like 50 and 100 million people feel like they've had some type of signs from uh, loved ones or colleagues that have passed over. So, and, I, and I'm afraid that a lot of them have them like silently without having to share them because sometimes people uh, that don't understand the process and stuff can try to like belittle them and stuff. But so that was my gig. I said, no, we're going to bring this open. We're going to let people know how it's done, when it's done, where it's done. And, um, and, and so that was the, the background and the basis for, for doing these books is to uh, get it out there so people are not alone with this information and, and, you know, kind of second and third guessing themselves. It all comes down to trust. I mean, it happens to me, and I know better. So I can imagine when, it, you know, the average person, you know, gets a sign of something and they think, oh, I'm just making that up, and, and, it, and they're really not. So right. it's, it's um, I'm just very mm -hmm. fortunate that I got to do something, you know, and continue to do something in this life where I can make a um, – I can make a, you know, a difference, at least on a small scale at some point. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Awesome. Especially, I think, yeah, for, for people who have lost children, um, you know, any unexpected, uh, you know, passings. I, I, in my life, I've had some really miraculous signs. I had, when my grandfather passed, he was, we called him Poppy. Uh, he didn't want to be called Grandpa, so we called him Poppy. And when he crossed, this very day that he crossed, a white poppy bloomed in my yard. I've never had a poppy before then, and I've never Perfect. had one since, and it was white. And I just thought, you know, instead of the traditional red or, you know, the cherry color, it came sort of in that white. I knew that he was at peace and that he was in a beautiful space. Um, That's amazing. Yeah, and That's... It, it is. It, it's... it's <laughs> I think when you you have that, and you're, you're absolutely right, Joe, it's, it's about trust and not thinking that you're crazy. And, you know, you hear somebody say, you know, you're imagining it. Well, I, I don't imagine the signs that I receive. I, I consider each one a blessing, and I always am, am grateful. Uh, Michael, I apologize. I, I interrupted you. You wanted to say something to Joe? No, no. I just wanted to uh, say that uh, I, too, have a very interesting um, 
story uh, very briefly. When my uh, the night that my girlfriend's stepfather uh, passed, uh, we were out at her barn, and we knew that uh, his passing was imminent, and we were on the east side of the barn, uh, kind of looking up at the stars, because you can see a lot of stars is out in the middle of nowhere. And I was, I was hugging her, and we were looking off in the eastern horizon, and all of a sudden, we saw this, this um, I, I, it, was, it was too thick of a line to be a shooting star. And it was going straight up. It was going straight up, not across the sky like most shooting stars do. Uh, in the eastern horizon, when I watch most of the shooting stars, they, they come down uh, left and, and right. And this went straight up, a little bit thicker, and it, w- it lasted for probably, I'd say, a second and a half. Enough for me to say, hey, look at that. We both turned around, and we saw this beautiful streak of, of white light just shoot up uh, into, the, into the heavens. And we learned uh, the next day that that was the approximate moment that her, that her stepdad had passed away. Mm. And I thought, I've always yeah. remembered that. And, and, and it's, so, it's just so beautiful. We, neither of us were stricken with so much grief. We knew that he was, he was having some problems. But, uh, but I, I took that as a sign that that was him saying goodbye. Sure, mm-hmm. absolutely. And, and that's the thing is you still remember that to this day. Um, and that's how you can use, that's how you know it's a, it's a real authentic sign is because you'll remember it for a very long time and, and it hits you in a certain way um, where you just know and, and you know they work that out too they, they, you know a lot of times they, they will try to give us signs and we're so busy they just go right over our head you know and sometimes people right. will just blow them off like it's just a coincidence or something and then they kind of have to work at it but it's really awful but if, if we just let it in and say okay I'm going to accept that They'll send other signs, and it'll be much more. Uh, it'll be easier to recognize because you won't be playing those mental games like, mm, "What if? What is this?" So they have all different ways of doing it. I mean, I love the group signs where you know more than one person experiences it, and, and that's an example, uh, Michael, of, of two people experiencing the same sign, and that's wonderful because right. it it, re- right. it reinforces the sign, and it takes the doubt away uh, because you know, someone else saw it or, or someone heard it or experienced it or smelled something. So um, right. I love those group signs. And they, and they could be just two people or it could be a group of 50. You never know. So they, they, they know what they're doing and they've been doing it forever to, uh, <laughs> to get our attention. And um, so it's the easiest way for them to, you know, let us know that life continues. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, it, it gives us a, a little snippet, a little, little, you know, view of the possibilities of, the, of our whole lives. And if people yeah. really understand that, they can think, well, wait a minute, you know, there really is something bigger to this whole thing. Oh, absolutely. And like you said, at the beginning of the, at the beginning of the show, Lisa, it's all about love and the connection that we have um, mm-hmm. continues on the other side. And um, it's, it's a wonderful connection. That's why I named the series of my books, Always Connected because you'll always have mm-hmm. that connection. 
you know? Yeah, and yeah, and I will t- I will share with you with a big smile on my face because your your latest book, the Always Connected for those who've lost children, it has uh, roses on there. My last name is La Rose, and it has a butterfly. And the day that my uh, after my mother's service, she crossed um, eight years ago. I had a butterfly come and land on my knee, and she always used to call me, you know, her butterfly. She said, you know, you need to to you know be free and and you know soar like the butterfly. And when that happened, I, I knew it was her. And and you know it was it was just a transition, and and I you know I miss the physicality of her. But I sure. feel her around all the time. And, um, you know, I'd love beautiful. for you to share maybe some of the insights from heaven that you've received um, that, that, you know, just have really touched your heart or really impacted you. Well, I think, you know, you know, some of the big ones that they sound like cliches, but they're not. They're really, you know, one is to go easy on yourself, you know, because we're in this mm-hmm. situation where, um, a lot of times we have a lot of self-guilt about situations and stuff. And this is like, you know, life doesn't come with a instruction manual and stuff. So it's kind of, mm-hmm. you know, you really have to go with your, you know, your gut inst- uh, instinct on a lot of things. But, you know, especially with people that have regrets or people that have like, oh, you know, they were taking care of someone and did I do the right things? And, you know, or should I let, have let my son borrow the car that night that there was an accident and stuff? Go easy on yourself. It's there. There's a bigger picture going on, um, so they really want people to know that. They also want mm-hmm. people to know that you know the love does continue, and that you will see them again. Um, and especially with the children, when I learned when I was researching the book on the children, the thing that really blew my mind was, and I said it to the said it to the woman whose uh, child I was bringing through, Paula was the little girl's name, and she said that. When a parent passes over, if they choose, well, they're going to see their child. If they choose, they can relive all those years that the child was not here on the earth plane. So let's say holiday, I think she she was 12 to 13. So her parents, when they get to the other side, if they want, they can relive her her, uh, high school prom. They can relive, uh, you know, her getting married, grandchildren, all that if they want. So they're not going to miss something if that's what they wish to do. And I thought that that was a big one. That blew my mind. That's incredible. That is mind-blowing. Hang on a second. Hold on. Let me see if I get this right. Are you talking about if they lose their child as a – if they lose a child or if they pass away before their child um, fully grows up? Sure. Is is that what we're talking about here? Yeah. I mean, that's the best example because – you know, if you're like 80 years old and your son dies at 60 and stuff, um, you can mm-hmm. say, you know, I've had a long life with my child, and of course, you know, I expect it to go first. But you could say, you know, my child had a full life. He died at 60 or 67 or something like that. Mm-hmm. But when you lose a child very young, people think of all the milestones that they miss. You know, you know, the oh. weddings, the graduations, the, you know, the degrees or whatever, or the, you know, the houses they build and the children, oh, everything. And so that's what they would be able to experience if they wish. They think, you know, a lot of people think that's going forever. We all did until I learned that that's not true. So you can when you get to the other side. Not necessarily that you want, you're going to do the whole thing, 
but you could do parts of it. But I tell people, I said, no, it's all there if you want. And, and I said, that includes the terrible teens, too. So it's not, you know, I said, <laughs> I said it's not all like cake and ice cream, you know, if you're going to do it. <laughs> so, you know, because you you know that you'll have that choice, but that comes that's part of the deal. You know, no one has a no one has a, a life full of relationships without some of those bumps there. And uh, exactly. that's, that's what they, part of being that's human, what makes it. Right? That's part mm-hmm. well, that's part of the relationship between between uh, two people. And so, uh, without that, you know, things would get kind of stale quick. So I said to him, no, right. that comes with it too. So you know, be prepared. Wow. To have some arguments well, with me, the kids and stuff. Well, we had a conversation. We had a conversation last week uh, when I reconnected with you about uh, something that that um, Lisa and I have been talking about uh, for the last several episodes of this show, and it's frequencies. And we had a uh, because I'm I'm big into um, proactively managing your frequency and helping people understand how to use personal alchemy to make that happen. And you had said something to me about uh, a story of a, of a, of a child who passed over who was an old soul and, and uh, made some uh, very interesting um, revelations about, uh, had some interesting revelations about frequency. Would you mind sharing that with our, with our audience? I'm not exactly sure which, um, which story you're uh, referring to. but The one, the one where I you said, that... you said, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, the one no. you said that's exactly what that's exactly what he said when you when I talked about perceptions and oh, oh, perception reality. Wait a minute, let me try to remember because that was a reading I had given two hours before that, Michael. Right. And, right. Exactly. Right. Of course, it's sort of a and serendipitous me connecting with you again, and and the the the, the message that he gave you. And how it related to what I do, I thought I was I was blown by that one. Yeah, he did. He was talking because his mother was writing it down. His mother was going to write a book. You know, she had already written one, but she was going to write another book about her experiences, you know, with her son, the stuff that had come through for her because she was getting stuff from her from her son. And and the son wanted to talk about uh, perceptions um, on how we um, go about our lives. And that's right, Michael. We were talking about focus. And um, you know, trying to raise our vibration so we're in a good state and 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 being mm-hmm. uh, trying to be positive and things like that. And um, the the young man was talking about that. He was talking about perceptions, if I can remember, on how we. Um, oh yeah, that's right. This kid was great because he did not have. That's right. He was an older soul. He did not. He was a young kid. And he didn't have any fear about uh, the people around him uh, uh, making fun of him or, um, you know, having to live up to their expectations. He, drama just went off, the, off his back like water, water off a duck, and the, which is unusual, especially when you're in your teens because you're really sensitive to what your friends think and stuff like that. But this kid had come into this life, and he had already learned all that stuff. And so he was not here for a long time, but he, what he focused on, he could accomplish very quickly because he did not let um, other people's expectations get to him and, and slow him down like we do sometimes. You know, especially if you're sensitive and stuff, it, it's tough because you're like, oh, like when I wrote the book on the veterans, I'm like, oh, my God, can I really write this book on veterans? I'm not a veteran and blah, blah, blah. And then I realized, hey, guess what? 
it's not about me. It's about the veterans. And then when I started writing it, the uh, my guides told me after I started writing it, they said, well, we picked you because you, was, you weren't a veteran, and that way you wouldn't have any preconceived knowledge or notions about the whole subject matter. I'm like, oh, now it makes sense. Mm-hmm. But, what, you know, before that, I'm sweating bullets, and I'm like, I'm going to be perceived as, like, you know, in front of veterans, but I'm like this, this, this jerk or something like that. But this young boy, if he was in that situation, he wouldn't even thought a second about it. He would have just put his head down and just started, and trusted right off the bat and started writing. So, yeah, that's – so feeling um, his energy um, was was really special because he was – he just felt like an older, wiser person, even though he was, you know, he was much younger when he passed. And, and it's funny because when Michael and I were talking about it and how we want to manifest certain things and stuff, um, how to focus in your perception about what you want to do as opposed to what other people might expect of you um, can really put, you know, uh, put a damper or put road bumps in front of you. And uh, not, not people that might have some criticism, constructive criticism or something to help you along, you know, something right. like that, but all the other drama that sometimes mm-hmm. we fall into in our lives can hold you back. And I think mm-hmm. that um, by staying on the path and staying focused and being your perspective on what you want to achieve, you can do it much quick, more quickly um, with a higher vibration on a, on a level where you're just not going to deal with the drama and, and, and the other stuff. It's kind of like like reindeer games, right? The old expression, it's like, right. I'm not going to deal with the reindeer games because i got places to go, people to meet, things to do, right? Right. So mm-hmm. I think like what, Michael, when you talk about, you know, the uh, manifestations and stuff, that's one of the keys to do, doing that is, um, is getting yourself aligned in the, and that type of perspective. Right. Beautifully said. Beautifully said. Yeah, it absolutely. You know, Joe, I'm curious, um, you know, when you connect with individuals, you know, and and this is something that both Michael and I speak about a lot, that there is, everything unfolds perfectly, even though we cannot see the wisdom of how things unfold on our path, that we need to meet certain people um, there are certain things that need to happen and that we have different places that we choose um, to exit. Uh, would you comment a little bit about that, about, you know, the divine perfection in each of our, our journeys? Sure. I mean, on the bigger, the, you know, on the biggest scale of things, um, we do have a plan when we come here. There are soul plans. Um, mm-hmm. But they're not, they're overall objectives that we want to achieve okay and then and then what happens is we put together a life plan and a life plan is a little bit more specific of how we're going to go about to do it and then on top of everything we got free will so that can throw everything out the window so you know <laughs> exactly, exactly. So, that, free will, right? <laughs> yeah exactly it's like i'm like great it's like giving you know it's like giving a penguin a hand grenade or something you know it's like um, <laughs> you know so, you know, but for that, I mean, we get stuck in, the, in this earth plane, but we also, you know, we travel with so, in a soul group. There are many people that we come into this life um, with at different times. And a lot of times, you know, if you meet someone and you become fast friends, you can tell they're part of your soul group. And then there might be other people that come into your life to teach you certain lessons. They all, we all take on different roles. Um, mm-hmm. And sometimes if we do free will, 
we decide to kind of like, as the expression says, go off the reservation, then what happens is we fall into another group's um, actions that are being played out. And we can incorporate those into our life plan. Uh, but we also might um, end up uh, passing at a different time or not achieving what we wanted to do. Perfect uh, example would be, let's say, someone was hanging around with the wrong group and they ended up going to um, you know, a concert or something, and instead of two children that were going to pass in a car accident together, there was the agreement a third would have passed. Because on a higher yeah. level, that child would have said, hey, listen, you know something? I've already accomplished a lot of things. Um, I'm going to go with you guys. And, and they decided to take one of their exits. When we come here, wow. we, you know, uh, I felt there's always been like you have like two or three exit plans, exit uh, opportunities. Some people think you might have a little bit mm -hmm. more. Um, but I learned this also from this, this young girl, Paula, because she actually showed me because the parents wanted to know if they had anything they could have done to, um, they felt a lot of guilt. And oh, um, she showed um, she showed me what what was happening, and she actually showed a visualization of a highway, and there was a um, there was an exit ramp that she took, and then a little while while up there was a little I could see another exit ramp, and then the end of the road was there, and it became very abrupt, and I'm like, wow, this is kind of a weird road. It's like you know the road just stopped. And I said to the, to the mother and father, I said, she decided to take this one because if she took the second one, she would have brought more um, stress, anxiety, and pain to you guys, the family, than if she did this one. And I said, the road ends. So she's telling me she wouldn't have had a long life. And they just, like, took a deep breath, and they were just, like, so relieved. And I'm like, I don't understand what this means. And it turns out, well, we you know Kala had passed in a, um, an accident, an ATV accident, you know, um, mm -hmm. very quickly. And um, what I didn't know was that she suffered from, um, I think it was a rare blood disease, and that she wouldn't have lived past 20 or 21. And, and eventually she would have been uh, bedridden, you know, in the hospital and then bedridden for many years, mm -hmm. for a few years, and then the parents and people have to take care of her the whole nine yards. That was probably the second exit that I had seen. And then the end of the road was she would have a, a shorter lifespan. She was a very, she was a very wow. wise, wise soul. And um, even her mother said she, was, she acted like an old soul. And a lot of people, times they do because they are. Um, sometimes they can hide it. Sometimes someone can just be a regular kid and stuff but still be an old soul. Um, but in her situation, I, I felt it right off the bat, and it was coming through. And she said, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, she was, she was like that. But um, it was the first time I'd actually seen, visualized the exit um, opportunities that we have. And um, she explained it so well that that was another wow moment from one of the readings I had given uh, to explain wow. how these things can happen. But like I said, free will's involved, so you have to be careful. Mm -hmm. There's an example in my book of a, uh, but let's say uh, someone wants to come here to uh, save someone from drowning, let's say, and, you know, and all the things that are connected with that, and for whatever purposes, maybe the person that drowned, and for their development and self-sacrifice and all that stuff. So the person decides they're going to be uh, born in uh, Britain, and um, they're going to go into the Navy, that's the life plan, and then the opportunity will come up where someone else might need assistance and they will one of the objectives in their life will be to help this person 
So the person uh, is born into Britain, and before he joins the Navy and stuff, he um, he goes on a trip to the United States with friends, okay, and they go to California. And in California, they're young, takes up surfing. He says, I love this. I'm not going back to Britain. I'm moving to California. He moves to California, and what happens is he's on the water all the time. Sure enough, he has the opportunity to save someone that was drowning. So what happens is you have the soul plan, which was accomplished. You have the life plan that was changed through free will, okay? He was supposed to be in the Navy in, in England. Instead, he moves to California becomes a surfer, but it's still on the water, you know what I mean? So through free will, the life plan was changed, but the overall soul plan um, came to fruition the way um, wow. the, you know the main way it was supposed to happen. So that that's an example of how through free will we can we can still accomplish a lot of things. Um, you know things change because other people have influences on us, and we we come into other people's roles that they're playing. So, um, but usually those things can be incorporated. You know the stuff that we need to learn and experience and things like that. Uh, one of the big things I learned too is. Um, a lot of people that die, a lot of the children that die young or people that die of, of violent uh, deaths and stuff like that, when they come back, if they want to come back, they're usually in some type of um, service field, like a, uh, like a medical, a doctor, or a counselor, maybe a fireman or a police officer, something where they interact with the public and, and try to help them um, because they have this experience that they've had before um, dealing with um, these situations or having, you know, been through certain ones. I found that a lot, especially in the medical field, uh, and counselors, uh, grief counselors or psychiatrists and stuff. Hmm. Well, That's interesting. Yeah, not, not I know. The, it is. I mean, I, I'm not too blown away by the fact that that might be the, the, the way that they might uh, come back. It's interesting, though, on another hand, to uh, think it and then kind of have a, a, some, some greater insight into it. Um, yeah. There's something I'd like to like to approach. We talked about this a little bit last week too. Um, I had told you that I'd lost a couple of pets and and the last two years, one recently, a couple of months ago, and you had some interesting comments about pets and how uh, they have soul groups as well. Could you kind of yeah. e expound upon? Uh, I mean, I know a lot of people in our audience have lost pets and sure. their family, just like everybody else. Uh, but you had, like I said, some really cool things to say. So could you kind of uh, expound upon sure. it just a little bit? Actually, uh, Michael, when we were at that, um, that uh, conference, I, I met a lady who was, uh, she was a pet, um, what do they call them, pet psychics or something. They make yeah, connections right. with mm -hmm. animals and stuff. Mm -hmm. Right. And I was, you know, I was, right. the, Right, yeah, um, my, the jury was still out for me because when I started all this thing and I started doing my development with a friend, you know, we decided that we were going to do this, like, really scientifically and, and we're going to go through the whole thing and we're going to use logic and stuff like that. And then, you know, we finally got to the point where we're like, all right, this, this is, you know, there's something going on here because we really kind of tore it apart. So I was open to the idea, but I really didn't um, have any experiences with it um, until – you know, I had talked to this particular woman. And then I had some colleagues that actually did have some experiences with communicating with people, some people's pets. So I trusted them, and I was like, you know something, all right, it sounds pretty good to me. And anyway, so that was years ago. 
it was probably about four or five years later, I woke up in the middle of the night and um, I saw my dog when I was a kid, okay, when I was the first dog we had. I had a golden retriever, and it was three-dimensional, and it was kind of glowing, and um, it was right off the side of my bed, and I'm like, I could just see it probably from the neck up, and I'm like, what the hell? And I'm thinking to myself, what's he doing here? You know, and I'm like, this is kind of new. This is a new experience, and I'm like, I like it. It's kind of cool. And, um, you know, now I'm wide awake at 4 o'clock in the morning, but I'm like, what's this? And all of a sudden, I saw another dog come up and came almost nose to nose with the, with the first dog. The other dog was my sister's dog that was still alive. Oh, my God. And, and I'm like, oh, my God. I'm like, that's uh, Charlie. And um, he was a Highland West. Uh, he's a Westie. And I'm like, that's Charlie. And then I'm like, that's really strange. And he was kind of glowing. He was three-dimensional, but I could see his face, all the, you know, everything about it. And he um, nose to nose with the, with the with the golden retriever. And I'm like, what is what the what is this deal? And then all of a sudden, I became fully of it, fully aware of what was going on, and I just started to cry. What happened was. Oh. That's when I learned that animals tra- travel in soul groups, and my older dog was coming and greeting this other dog that was getting ready to pass. And I could feel the love between them and the connection, and I, there was this overwhelming feeling of, of such an honor to be able to experience this, this wonderful, wonderful greeting of, of um, these, two, these two beings that I had no idea that animals could do something like this. And so I sat there, and I was like a baby crying. And then, you know, after it happened, I, I, had my, I always sleep with a notebook and a pad of, pa- I mean, a pad of paper and a, a pen. I wrote notes for the next two and a half hours, so about 6.30 in the morning. And um, because I thought it was, you know, obviously it was very, very important because it was one of the, you know, one of the wildest experiences of my life, and I wanted to share it with other people. So I called my sister about 7.30, maybe 7 o'clock after I finished taking all my notes and um, to tell her, I said, listen, I just saw Charlie. What's the deal? Is he sick or something? So she wasn't home, so I left a message. So finally, I called a couple times during the day. She wasn't around. So finally about 4 o'clock, she calls me back. I'm like, listen, what have you been? I've been trying to, you know, trying to call you and stuff. I had this weirdest dream last night that, you know, I saw, uh, I saw uh, Buffy and Charlie. And uh, she was like, oh, oh, we had an awful time last night. Um, Charlie had, like, um, seizures or something like that, and um, he had to be put down. Uh, or I think he pa- yeah, passed away. Uh, I'm not sure if it was put down or passed away. Or yeah. And I'm like, yeah. oh, my God. So I, so that was the val- validation that was there for me to realize that this was not made up, that this was actually happening, and, um, and that it was a wonderful experience. And I had contacted a couple of colleagues and stuff because I had never heard of it. And they're like, oh, yeah, that's called, uh, and I don't think what the expression is, like a, a psychopomp or something like that where you can actually watch the transition from one entity to another, to buy another one, Whoa. you know, crossing over. I didn't know. And they're like, oh, yeah, that, you know, that's something. And I'm like, well, that's new to me. You know what I mean? But, <laughs> and, then, and then about a year ago it happened again. And this time I saw Charlie's face, the Westie, and I'm like, Oh my God! Now what are you doing here? You know, it's like three o'clock in the morning, and then I saw, um, um, I saw my sister's other dog. He came up and went nose to nose, and um, 
So I was like, oh, no, don't tell me. Don't tell me he's going to pass. And I knew that he was having problems. Um, mm-hmm. And he was another terrier, but they, they have a lot of breathing problems, that particular um, that terrier, Scottish terrier. And uh, Scotty, his name was Scotty. So uh, he was being met by his brother. So the next morning, I called my sister. I said, well, what's the deal? And she said, well, um, Scotty had passed away in the middle of the night, um, you know, because he was, at that point he was on medication and stuff like that. And, you know, they, they just didn't know when. But I got to witness that, too. And, and, and it was absolutely amazing. Mm-hmm. It just blows my mind. But it brings me so much comfort because, and I think the reason they told me about that is so I can share it with other people of what I saw twice and that um, there is an expression for it. I guess, you know, it does happen to other people over the ages. It has happened. Um, but it's just so I can share it and let people know that when their their loving pets pass over, they are greeted. By, they're not alone. They're greeted by other pets in their soul group. And um, it was just amazing. It, you can't, you can't, it's hard to explain seeing the two faces come together and the love and the mm-hmm. joy that's passing from one animal to the other. It's like it blows your mind. It really is. Yeah, it's, yeah. Just, it's just, it's a type of love that's incomparable. I mean, you can't, incomprehensible. I can't explain it. And I think, you yeah. know, that's a snippet of, of the other side too. It's a type of love where you can't explain it. I mean, we have love here. And they have love there that's like, it's like magnitudes high. Exponential. Yeah. Yes. Exponential in yes. terms of depth. Yep. Uh, which and I, I, which and, I have. And that's why I cried for two hours while I was watching, you know, I mean, when yeah. I was taking notes. I can imagine. Yeah, you have I a beautiful, imagine. tender heart. But I mean, what a what a moving. I, I do dog rescue and I'll, all animal rescue. And, and I'll share with you that when my one uh, shepherd crossed, uh, it was so interesting because I I found out about a, a dog that <laughs> I went to go help in Ohio and brought it back. And when I, I made the mistake of bringing my stepdaughter with me and she's like, look, there's a she- another shepherd there. We can't leave it. And I thought, no, 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 no. I'm not ready. Yeah, right. <laughs> and, yeah. and, you know, I came home without it. You know, I just wanted this senior dog, and uh, a few days later, when the dog came off of uh, the the uh, list, I went back to to pick it up, and it was so interesting because it refused to get in my car. It growled at me, and as soon as it got in the house, it peed on <laughs> on, the, on the entryway. But then, huh. when my mother walked in, it greeted my mother just like my other dog, and I wow. think the reason that it was. I don't know if it was a soul exchange or or what. I'd love to hear your comments about it. But my dog had a very distinct way of wrapping his paws around my mother's legs, and this this shepherd didn't even know her. So it was yeah, it was very very interesting. I think sometimes when you're you're that connected and deeply in love, that you do um, there is some on the animal sense that there is some sort of a, a soul exchange that's that's possible. Oh, yeah, there's a, recogni- a recognition, yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're they're yeah. really, you know, because they just, they're dealing on a higher uh, level of sensitivity than we are. Um, but, yeah, that was meant to be, like, you were just the courier for, you know, the connection between the dog and, and your mother. It's it's amazing yeah. because, you know, I call them like, oh, well, you're in the business of it. They're like little angels, and they really are. They hear, they teach us so much. 
um, and they bring so much unconditional love. And um, they're just—it's an amazing um, entity that that yeah. these uh, these animals are. And um, you know, that's so cool when that when something like that happens. Yeah, they know, I'd love you know? for you to speak, Joe, about unconditional love because, from what I understand, you know, on the other side, you know, even though if you had an argument with the person before they pass there is no recognition of that, that it is only unconditional love that they are connecting with us. Is, is that what you have found to be the case? Not necessarily. It's a little bit more complex. I mean, um, okay. let's say um, there was abuse in the family, okay? okay. You know, uh-huh. some, people, some people are on different levels of, uh, of enlightenment and different levels of growth. So that when they okay. get to the other side, um, there's understanding. There's a, definitely a huge perspective change, and so um, there is a there is a connection of love, absolutely. But and you can actually see um, where the other person was coming from when they were on the Earth's plane, and um, so I think there's a um, there's a recognition there, and it's a different unconscious. It's it's a different type of love. It's it's almost like the love of a Let's say a mother to a child that just broke her favorite vase mm-hmm. or something, you know, or, or you know, broke something in the house, and it's like, oh, I'm gonna strangle this kid. But you know, they're kind of like, it's a child, right? right. It's an actor. Okay. So you kind of have that experience that uh, of why certain things happen. Not that you necessarily agree with it happened, but you accept uh, the parameters around why it happened in that particular situation. Another good example is. Um, when I wrote the book um, for veterans, a lot of times the veterans want to know if they're going to run into the people that they had killed on the uh, in combat on the other side. And they have that opportunity, if they wish, to meet some of their uh, the enemy, if they wish. And that is this very, very highly um, spiritual wow. meeting, meeting. And from what I learned was when it happens, it's, it's a very, very strong um, connection, a uh, loving connection, and uh, respectful, and um, it, it's um, it's it's really wonderful. It's healing, and they um, it's a different perspective when you get on the other side. They can see a lot more than we can see, and um, mm-hmm. it, it, it's um, that was a lot a lot of strong love and a lot of connection. Not everyone takes that when they get to the other side because you know we still carry a lot of our. Uh, a little bit of our baggage and our personalities and all our experiences when we get to the other side. So it might take a little while for us to uh, filter some of that out. But if if the person does want to take that opportunity, then it's there, it's available, and it's a huge, huge step in their uh, spiritual soul growth um, if they decide to do something like that. And that's kind of like a, you know, that's kind of like a an extreme case, but I thought it would be a good example because it's... Um, a lot of soldiers do have that, um, especially if, if they killed a, a like a soldier or a civilian by accident or something like that. They want to know how that would help, you know, how would that be held against them or anything like that on the other side, and it's, and it's not. It I imagine it was a very emotional book for you to write, uh, you know, and just well, you know. yeah, it, it it was it was very. Um, I was going to write the children's books first, but I put it off because the veterans' book had to be written because there were so many suicides coming, you know, around because 
of, mm -hmm. of uh, all the soldiers coming back after multiple tours. And I, I wanted to write it about, you know, the suicides, about uh, like 50 questions that soldiers have and, and a lot of the things uh, around it. And, and, uh, and one of the biggest things is perspective. A lot of times they come back here and they don't see the bigger picture. And they're making mm -hmm. judgments about themselves that they don't have all the information about. And um, one, of the, one of the comments that one of the deceased soldiers came back was um, a lot of those questions were, uh, answers were above my pay grade. And I thought that was kind of a, you know, mm -hmm. the way he said it. And it's true because they didn't know until they get to the other side. And um, so a lot of insights I got from um, the soldiers on the other side really brought a lot of context to war in general. And um, I, I, it, was, it was very interesting. And I wrote the children's book in the same manner that I, want, that I wrote the veterans book. I wanted overall information from my guides about overall uh, you know, uh, the topic of that particular book. But I also wanted um, insights from the soldiers and from the children's book, insights from the children. And because it just right. gives a, bit, a different perspective of when they're on the other side. And then I wanted sign stories, which I got on, in both of them from parents that had signs from their children. So I think it's a, it was a nice way of having like a, a, a three different angles in the same book and they were all kind of like supporting each other, but coming from different perspectives, you know, mm -hmm. and, and it, they kind of validate mm -hmm. each other, which, which is important, and that's what I try to do um, in these very deep, heavy books. Uh, the other books, like the assigned books, are just, you know, they're great. Just, that's basically information on how things right. work and lots of good science stories that are really cool and uh, just make people kind of make, you know, make them smile. People read them at night and, it just brings a little peace and joy to them because, you know, it's just so, it's so fun, you know, so. Yeah. But you, question, you, you, have question. To, you have to work it. Go ahead. The, yeah. the, the, what's popped into my head here is the, we talked about free will a little earlier. Um, when it comes to veterans and war and, and, and men and women dying in war, is how much is free will a part of that? Did you ever look at that aspect of it? Yeah, no, absolutely, because some people, some people come here for a short period of time, and they know that they're the, one of their outlets is they're going to pass in a war, okay? They only need to come okay. and do a few things or something. So, you know, mm -hmm. that might be their gig. Other people might decide um, that it's an exit because they have completed certain things. Other people might decide, you know something? No, I want to fight. I want to join the Army with my buddy, and they go, and so they change their free will do free will, they might change things. But in their experiences on the uh, battlefield or organization and stuff, they might learn a lot of things they came here for, okay? Because they right. got you know, to go to right. boot camp together. They might learn about uh, sacrificing certain things for themselves for the betterment of the group. Um, it could be a whole, you know, a whole litany of things because it really is a whole different lifestyle. But in that lifestyle, there's still plenty of life opportunities. And, and what I, another thing, I, you know, in the veterans book, they all have, you know, a lot of them come back with this great sense of humor. And some of the stories they talk about, you know, are these stories that they have while they were in war and how, you know, one particular one was hysterical. I mean, it was guys are coming through. There's like three of them on the other side, and they're in a tank, and they're, they're, uh, one of the guys driving the tank, and they pull into this field. And there's this giant field, and it's like, you know, you see like in pictures and stuff, there's like one tree. And, and the rest of the field was just like, uh, you know, just nice and flat and stuff like that. Well, the guy driving the tank 
hits that one tree. And his buddies just tore him apart. It's like, are you kidding me? We, we already got rid of all the trees. He goes, we've got one tree left, and you've got to knock it down. And they just busted him up. And it was hysterical because I could feel them, you know, just ragging on him. And, and he was laughing. He's like, I know. He says, you know, there's only one tree left, and I've got to take it out. And uh, he says, I should have zigged when I zagged. So, you know, they have, they, they learn that, you know, even though, they decided to go to war. Um, they did have those experiences that they might have here where, you know, they could be joking around and, uh, you know, just jousting with different That's people awesome. here about experience about screwing up over, you know, regular civilian life and stuff. But, uh, awesome. you know, it's, it's, they don't have anything to worry about when they get to the other side. A lot of that guilt that they have, they don't need to worry about it. The only ones that do, and I've been thinking about it in the last three or four months, is if, they're in combat, and through free will, they decide to um, uh, commit, uh, like, war crimes, okay? Right. Mm-hmm. So people, the, people, you know, some of the stories that people, you know, are worried about and stuff, it's like, oh, no, I, 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 bombed, uh, I, I bombed this area or something like in collateral damage. I took out some civilians and stuff, or, you know, I didn't know this person or something like that. It's all intention. You know, you, when you go to war, you're trained to kill and you're trained to protect and stuff. Um, that's all built into you, so that's the way you're, you're, you're treated to act. Um, your intention of what you're doing is what sets you apart from others that decide to, um, there are certain people, individuals that are in war, that take great, um, uh, they take great happiness from inflicting pain that doesn't necessarily have to be inflicted on certain people. Mm-hmm. And I think right. we're seeing a lot of that now. Now, when they get to the other side, they're going to have a little bit of a problem. They're going to have a problem. Right. They're yeah. going to have to deal with that. Yeah. Yeah. Because through free will, they just, yeah, through free will, they, they um, not only did they um, um, not um, do something they were supposed to do, but they did something that on a soul level they weren't supposed to do. Yeah. Right, so they'll have to account yeah. for that, uh, atone for that one they way will. or the other. Yeah, they're going to have to account for right. it. Right. And, um, yeah, there, so. There's a, a quote, Joe and Michael, and it's, it's, life is full of bridges to new, unknown, and often uncharted destinations. Listen to the inner voice when determining which to cross and which to pass. And I, I think about that a lot. And um, I'd love for you, Joe, to, to comment because you've been speaking about your guides. Do they just come through to you uh, when you're in, in a reading with somebody, or do you find that they intercede and help sort of keep you uh, on, on that path and knowing which uh, bridges to cross and which ones to pass? They, they really do. They're here, to, they're, they're here just like the name. They're here to guide us. They cannot make decisions for us. They cannot interrupt us. Um, if we ask for them, their help, they will, they will try to help us, and they will guide us. What we have to do is we have to kind of let our guard down and use our intuition. We come here with certain skills. We come here with certain abilities, um, and sometimes we activate them, sometimes we don't. Um, one of the great healing things we come here is the ability for humor and laughter. It's great. It's healing. Mm-hmm. Um, it's one of the tools in our toolboxes. Um, but another one is, um, you know, our perceptions and our uh, intuition, and it's huge. Mm-hmm. Because it cuts right through a lot of the logic and stuff like that. And, you, you know, the old saying, you know, I got this gut instinct. It's there for a reason. And it, it, um, 
it really can tell you, uh, give you insight to what's going on. But you can contact your guides, you know, anytime you want. You come with one master guide and, uh, you know, a guardian angel, and they're kind of with you for life. And then you have other guides that come in and out of your life um, for, for particular reasons. And um, so I tap into a few of them. Sometimes I just, you know, I just, I'll call upon them, just say, hey, how are you guys doing these days, you know? And just, wow. you know, everything's going, everything's going <laughs> cool here. Though. Well, also because I'm also picking. Sandwich with me. <laughs> yeah, like well, I I, I think they're great. Yeah. Well, I, I, listen, I fired a couple, a couple of times too. My te- technical guys, I'm like, I'm trying to type stuff for a book and stuff, and my computer goes out. I'm like, really, guys, right now? I'm like, you're fired. And then, of course, three hours later, I'm saying, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, please come back. You know, but I like, I like to do research with them. I find out what they can tell us and what they can't tell us, and that's I try to put some right. of that stuff in the book so people can get a, a better idea of. You know, why didn't you save my son or why didn't you do this? Um, yeah, because they yeah. don't have that ability. And right. there are certain times, there are certain times where they can interact to save a life or to change the situations. Those are very, wow. they're rare, but we do hear about them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I've experienced one um, in, in people. Um, you know, people sometimes in their lives, you, you hear about other people's stories where they will um, they will experience something like that, and for whatever reason, that it just um, I don't know why. Maybe because other influences came in that was not supposed to be anywhere near, um, you know, someone's uh, life plan or something like that to disrupt it, and it was in, um, and they interceded. So that does. I mean, there's a couple of stories on angels and stuff in one of the books, and um, some people have told me beautiful. And, uh, yeah, wow. really. So it does happen. It does happen. They, you know, these they they can actually uh, physically appear. They can appear as, um, you know, they can come through other people. And while you're, let's say, I'm talking, and someone could think like, "Oh my God, he sounds just like my husband." You know what I mean? And they can do that on purpose. No, so wow. so so a sign and stuff can get through. You know, okay. it, 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 they they can do that. Well, no, I've seen it with um. I've seen it personally with people I know that, um, and I've experienced it too, that, you know, these people will come up to you and they'll say something to you and you'll be like, how did they know that about me? They don't even know me. Right. It's the way they say it mm-hmm. with a gentle voice. And it's just passing by. And it's like all of a sudden you get this chill down your spine. It's like, wait a minute, that was a connection. On the other side, that was my, one of my guides that just actually verbalized it through someone else. And they can do it through vision. Mm-hmm. They can do it through audio. Some people will hear someone's voice in the other aisle and say, oh, my God, that's so-and-so, and you run over there, and it's not, or there's no one there. Um, so there are different ways for them to connect with us. But the easiest way for them to connect to us and for us to connect to them is in our dreams. So if someone wants to, one of your listeners want to connect with their guide, you can ask to meet your guide. Say, please come to me in one of my dreams. Keep a note paper and a pad next to your bed. Um, and you might have the opportunity to uh, to meet one of your guides and just kind of like chill out and or learn to meditate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Now, to meditate. Joe, if, if our if our audience members would like to reach out to you for a reading, do you still do readings for the for the public? Yes, I do. I do readings, and um, you know, I, I or can if they want to try questions. to get in contact with you, or to just. Sure. just but mostly through your books, purchase your books. Right, right. They can go to my, my website, joehiggins.com. 
And, you know, I, I, when we're on this show, Joe, at time, you were talking about time flying. I'm like, I looked at the clock and I'm thinking, oh my gosh, we're coming towards the, yeah. the end. And, and I really wanted to make sure that if people, you know, the, the books are so beautiful. The topics are, are so touching and I, I'm so excited yeah. <laughs> to, to delve in. It is it's such an honor and a pleasure to have you and and i would encourage all of our our listeners here on connect to love on the prnfm to please tune in and uh, go to joehiggins.com and also on amazon mm-hmm. the books are outstanding and i'm going to let you and and michael sign off i i just michael i i'm so grateful and and i'm grateful to the guides that that connected our conversation last week so it's just been an honor and a delight and i hope that you'll join us again because i feel like we're just (laughs) touching the surface of sure absolutely yeah Yeah. i definitely was thinking we need to do this again in in a a couple of weeks or whenever joe has some some uh some time and i can come back there are lots of uh beautiful beautiful uh tangents to this topic but joe thank you so much for uh, joining us today. Um, it's great to reconnect with you again. And uh, uh, what you had to say today to me was just, um, I, I know it's going to set a lot of our, our listeners at ease and give them greater comfort when it comes to uh, death and dying and connecting with uh, those who've passed beyond. And I appreciate it. Appreciate the opportunity to have uh, connected with you today. All right? Well, I thank you, Michael, and I thank you, Lisa, for uh, putting this all together thank because you. we're all, you know, we're all here to help others, and um, it's not a coincidence that uh, Michael and I uh, hooked up again because it was meant to be. And uh, I look forward, yeah, I'd love to talk to you guys again because time flies. It just, you know, we've got a lot of stuff to talk about. <laughs> we'll do it again. It we'll connect it up. We'll hook it up. Yes. All right. Okay. Take it easy. Uh, Bye. Bye. To you all. Thank you. Take care, Joe. Bye. Bye. Be well. <laughs>